step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Buying a home and selling a home shouldn't be stressful. Renters, homeowners, and investors in Southern Arizona work with the Win3 team, powered by EXP Realty, because they match buyers with sellers, like the eHarmony of real estate. Buying or selling, this is where you'll find what you're looking for. This is Home Solutions on on KNST. It's the Win 3 team, powered by EXP Realty. Now, Bob Zachmeyer. Just know you're not alone, because I'm going to make this place your home. Good morning and welcome to the show. I'm Bob Zachmeyer of EXP Realty, and I am joined in the studio by Jerry Sunt of Cross Country Mortgage. Morning, Bob. How are you? I am good, Jerry. You know, we had a huge response after last week's show when I started talking about the proposed uh, renter bill of rights that the Biden administration put out. And, you know, just taking away a landlord's ability to do background checks and and their ability to uh, set their own rents and not have a national rent and, and having to give a a month's notice before you can start the eviction process of yeah, non-payment crazy. of rent. So um, anyway, there was a huge bunch of feedback, and you know, landlords, listen up. If, th- these property owner rights are just eroding away. I mean, we saw it in COVID. You can't kick people out, and if they aren't paying your rent, tough luck. You know, apply to the state, and hopefully you'll get paid by the state. Um, California held the money, didn't get landlords anything for over two years, mm. and then they only gave them eighty percent. Which anybody that's ever owned a rental property. <laughs> You don't make 20%. You know, if you have a mortgage, you're lucky if you make $100 a month. I mean, and and over time, you're paying down principal. That's the benefit of owning it, but it's a long play. It's a long-term play. play. It's a long play. So anyway, um, the National Association of uh, Real Estate Investors, the National Real Estate Investors Association, so RIA is a real estate investor association. This is the national. They actually responded to that proposal by the government. They brought up some amazing points, Jerry. So um, the recent White House announcement regarding renters and housing providers is the largest overreach in recent history. It is an agenda-driven effort meant to organize, unionize, and politicize one-third of America's residents. Mm. The effort is really addressing symptoms caused by federal policy and ignores centuries of state oversight of basic housing provider and renter laws, not to mention the 10th Amendment of the United States, which specifically says any power not given to the federal government by the Constitution belongs to the state. So why all of a sudden do you come in and say, we're going to take over the management and bring four government agencies in to oversee rental properties when every state has its own Landlord-Tenant Act? Um, So the um, this is very interesting. The Department of Housing and Urban Development requires local housing developers to um, set their prices and come up with a local report on rents. In fact, HUD provides a fair market rental rate and has done so for years. So the federal government actually sets the rent that they're saying is too high. 
Um, so anyway, there, there's all kinds of, of, um, uh, of really good points. The disability issue, you know, everybody now has a, a, a comfort ADA, animal yeah, or, a, or, you know, the, uh, uh, so, so they're saying the Department of HUD basically said any pet is now an emotional support animal and they actually um, undercut the validity of truly disabled people that require that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, there's fake websites where you can go get a certification and invest and, you know, for your, your dog that barks at everybody and obviously is not professionally trained. So um, anyway, all, all this stuff, the bottom line is I don't think it's going anywhere. I think they got a tremendous amount of pushback right out of the chute. The National Association of Realtors was also all over it. And um, so I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. But just be watching because one little thing at a time, they're eroding your right as a personal property owner. I mean, mm-hmm. You own this, it's mm-hmm. yours. Your family saved from putting food on their table to go and invest in something and to have someone come tell you what you can do with it is a little bit at a time, but um, it, it's not very good. So that is um, in response to the, the proposal. I think it's going to go away. The, yeah, and I'm sure we'll be hearing more over time, and uh, hopefully it will just go away completely, but I, I agree that it will probably be edited and modified uh, uh, and you know isn't going away quickly per se, but hopefully it will. All right, so Jerry, let's talk about local inventory. So our, our numbers for January aren't out yet, the MLS, we may get them out in time for next week's show, but I just wanted to share with you if we go back to the week before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. November 18th, in Tucson, we had 405 homes under $300,000. As of this week, we have 305 homes yeah. under 300000 So we have lost one quarter of the inventory of homes under $300,000. So wait a minute. I thought the market was melting. I thought the, you know, the demand was gone. It, the demand for the low-priced properties is going on, and it's eating away at inventory. So if we only have 305 going into spring, what do you think it looks like in June? Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, 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 again, the, the concern that, oh, we're, we're having another 2008 is, I think, can be taken off the table officially. Uh, I would say it, so. <laughs> it, it is, and we're going to break this down in lots of different different ways over the next next forty five minutes. But uh, you know, the number of applications for mortgages for purchases is going up. Yes, it was slower in December, but now after January, it's roaring back. When you look at the number of people going under contract, it's it's going back. And the the the, the concerning element is that inventory is coming down in Pima County, um, lower than you know we you would normally see because normally after February one you start seeing a lot more homes coming on the market and i don't think we've seen that as of yet so hopefully more inventory will be coming but if it doesn't it's going to become a tight housing market again this uh uh, over the next 90 days i agree so um i had jerry in the last week four people call me about selling their home so that's more than i've had in a month for three months that's great news at least so the the sellers are getting the message is like hey it, it's not as bad as we thought instead of sticking our head in the sand uh, and also you know a lot of people take their homes off the market during the holidays especially if they live in them but i mean i've, I've got several people coming up so i i think we're going to have a very robust spring market as everything's pointing you're getting all kinds of loan applications people mm-hmm. getting geared up i've been 
you know, meeting with them and saying, okay, here's what it's worth, but I wouldn't list it yet. We're still too slow. You know, there, there's not enough activity yet. I think the longer you wait, we're going to have more closings come, and we'll actually get that price up a little higher. And then also the um, number of homes, um, even though we think more are going to come on the market, there's going to be way more buyers coming to the market as well. Yeah, so, I, the the amount of demand uh, for for housing is so strong. Um, again, just in it's not just Pima County; it's it's nationally. Uh, you you have people want to own homes. Yes, affordability has to come into check. But I think I think the message and the news is actually doing a pretty good job of this, with interest rates coming down and prices you know that did come down over the last quarter of 2022 that affordability is coming back in a check. And right. and I think you know buyers have that message, and so they want to go ahead and take advantage of that. Right. So, uh, Jerry, I have um, clients that I've sold more than a dozen homes for, and they, they're in their 80s, and they actually, it was really a, a fantastic story. The gentleman was a school teacher, and he told me, um, I knew that my job that I loved would never give me the lifestyle that I desired for mm -hmm. my family. So real estate became my my add-on you know basically my side hustle in today's terms 80 year olds don't say that but, um, <laughs> my but, retirement plan <laughs> exactly so what's really cool now is they've been selling one home a year and and basically you know paying the taxes on it and long-term capital gains and everything and they reached out and it's like okay we're ready to sell the house this year and they gave me the the comps and I sent them the comps, and they came back, and a lot of the homes in this area, it's down at 85730 south of 22nd Street, between 22nd and Golf Links over by Craycroft. Oh, yeah. And and so, the, you know, the comps are what an appraiser will use when they, you know, someone buying it gets a loan. Is it common for someone to pay this much money for a home with these amenities in this area? Well, their home is much bigger than the average house in that area. Oh, in the area. Most homes are 11, 1,200 square feet. This one's 1,770 square feet. But when you look at what the comps are, nobody has paid more than 275 for a home in that neighborhood. So what do you think the appraisal cap is? I mean. <laughs> yeah, the appraiser's gonna have a difficult time or they're, they're gonna have to go out of the area to find a house that's, that's comparable. Sure. So um, I, I told him, look, the highest anybody got was, was 275. There were two. The next lowest was 262, and after that, everything's under 250. So, you know, they said, well, yeah, but ours is way bigger. We have four bedrooms. It's a, uh, a security screen patio, you know, all security screen, brand new air conditioner, a, a 10 by 16 shed. And the tenant has been in this house for nine years and he pays his rent on time early every every month and, and he's paying $1,200 a month. So first of all, for a three bedroom, two bath house, $1,200 is unbelievably low. So they said, can we find an investor to buy it and keep the tenant in there? That would be the easiest thing, right? And I so I, I wrote them a little email. I'm gonna read it real quick. This is why an investor won't buy your home. Assuming a $260,000 purchase price, an investor would need 20% down, which is $52,000, mm -hmm. about $8,000 in closing costs, or $60,000 total. That would leave $208,000 loan at about a 7% interest rate. Yeah, slightly lower, but yeah. Oh. For, for 30 years, that would make a payment of $1,384. If you add $50 for insurance, 150 in property tax, 
$75 for vacancy, which is 5%, and $100 a month for repairs, and $150 a month for management. This is why you know a lot of people add up all the fees. think landlords are, are rich. It's like, you need 1909 to break even. The house is rented for 1200 so nobody's going to go into business, um, you know, with sixty thousand dollars of their hard-earned money invested to lose seven hundred a month or even break even. So even if you could rent it for nineteen oh nine, it would be break even at best. So this is why that house would be best. The likely homeowner, I said, would be someone who needs four bedrooms. Yeah, someone who's going to live in it. It's a going large to be family, multi generational family. You know, somebody that has a home business. You know, whatever, but four bedrooms. Um, They'll get a slightly lower interest rate, probably around six, six and a quarter, five um, percent uh, down payment is likely. So their payment on two hundred forty-seven will be around fifteen hundred twenty dollars. Um, they don't have the vacancy and management fees that an investor is looking at, so that saves two twenty-five. But they, they still have the two hundred dollars of tax and insurance on the property, so they would be looking at seventeen twenty. Um, which is still pretty steep for a family in Tucson that makes less than sixty thousand dollars a mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So you know this is like, oh well, let's just sell it to an investor. Well, investors buy because of cash flow and not negative cash flow typically. So Jerry, we are coming up on a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more um, real estate. We had a very busy week, and uh, this is Tucson Home Solutions on KNST. I'm Bob Zachmeyer of EXP Realty. I'll be back with Jerry Sunt of Cross Country Mortgage right after the break. Thanks for listening. He makes buying and selling homes easy. He'll do the work so you won't have to stress. This is Home Solutions with the Win3 team, powered by eXp Realty. Here's the Win3 team leader, Bob Zachmeyer. Good morning and welcome back. I am Bob Zachmeyer of eXp Realty and I am joined by Jerry Sunt of Cross Country Mortgage. Jerry is your go-to guy. If you want to <laughs> navigate this housing market and, the, and get a loan and know what the best rate is and where to get it, what time, what loan program, how much down, Jerry's your guy. Jerry, we got some good news this week. We had the jobs report come out. and It's amazing. This, uh, if, if you read the, the, the news on, on Friday morning, you probably saw the, the jobs report. And it's funny, and all the data leading up to the jobs report for that week were all pretty much about inflation and, and you know, how is the economy doing? And it was all... Yes, inflation's definitely coming down, but uh, the economy, ho-hum, not maybe not doing so well. And then you get this jobs report, which was a fantastic jobs report. It's exactly what we want. You know, it was north of 500,000 jobs were created nationwide. They were expecting about 183. So 183,000, blew it out of the way. and they got 515, I think? Yes, and out of all the economists that were interviewed, if you look at Barron's and, and the Wall Street Journal and, and Bloomberg, the max, the, the kind of the higher end was like 350. So this blew out even those expectations. Wow. And the November and December numbers were also greater than expected. The, the key point of, because when we think, we think of jobs and, and block, blockbuster jobs reports, we worry about, ooh, inflation, that's bad news for inflation. Well, when you look at the, the wage inflation piece of it, it actually was lower than expected. So we're creating jobs, but without putting pressure on wages. And that's like the Goldilocks. Right, that's great uh, for inflation, because if you have inflation wages, in order to hire someone, you have to pay them a higher amount. That causes the cost of everything to go higher. And this, is, and this was not the case. So uh, again, you know, not one data point creates a trend, but as we, we watch 
across this if we get these kind of uh, uh, numbers moving forward and typically you would see a blockbuster number like that in the spring not in January I mean yeah. January you think nationwide you know it's cold a lot of airports are shut down people didn't want to you know taking down holidays yeah. and and it wasn't the time of year when you normally have a, jo- uh, a blockbuster jobs report and it was so it, it has optimism that maybe the Federal Reserve is going to thread this needle um, where there is a soft landing, where the economy is still growing and we're doing well, but uh, we're getting inflation contained. Um, this just adds more fuel to that part of the argument. Um, and we will see where it goes. But as of, uh, um, uh, you know, as far as how it affects mortgage rates, mortgage rates are at their best level since September on know, Thursday. So, so the Fed raised the rate this week. A quarter of a percent. A quarter of a percent, which was expected, yes. right? Yes. But rates fell below six for the first time since what? They did. Oh, I, since about September. Yeah. yeah September, uh, maybe early October. So they, they actually just were like at 5.99 on Thursday. Now they did bounce up on Friday because of what we saw with uh, the uh, the jobs report. So now they're at six or just over six. But they're still, you know, rates are good. And the trend is in, it, it, that trend is not, not changed. Rates are going to continue to march down as the spring, uh, as we get to spring. Again, the prediction is, is that we're going to see somewhere between five and five and a half percent before the end of the year. Um, most of the, 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 the big economists that uh, are in the mortgage market or MBS market, it is, uh, are expecting about five and a half, mid fives by, by early summer. Which again, when we, we talk about affordability, that seems to be the break even point. When, when sellers are paying concession to buy down a buyer's interest rate, that buyer's getting a rate, you know, somewhere in the 5.75 to five and a half range, depending upon how much the seller is paying in concessions. That brings that affordability back in line, so long as prices don't rise. Right. And again, that's where I get a little spooked about inventory, because if if inventory continues to shrink, it will put more pressure on, on prices. Well, Jerry, just since, you know, we hit 7% interest rates in October. Yep. And even this week, you know, the very first time ever it was recorded under six. So we had 5.99 on February 2nd, right? Yeah. So that little change from October actually added $35,000 of purchasing power to a buyer. Mm-hmm. And, and But the bad news is it's 95000 less than they had a year ago <laughs> still. So, so I mean, that's what really, when you add those two numbers together, that's the staggering thing is $130,000 of purchasing power was lost by the change in interest rate. It's uh, so, you know, we always kind of look at our little corner of the world for, for an example of how the market's doing. And I have to tell you, you know, Bob, we, we have this old uh, analogy that, you know, the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday, which, you know, is coming up here yeah, in, the uh, after the 12th, on the 13th, it'll be that Monday. You know, that's when typically the, the phone starts ringing for people applying for loans and applications start increasing. Well, that actually started right after the first of the year. Right. We, we saw uh, it about two weeks ago. Yeah, and so you know you're seeing a lot more people applying applications for purchases. That doesn't mean they're closing tomorrow. It means people that hey, my lease is running out in April, May, June, July, whenever, and but I want to get my myself prepared today. And you're seeing those that those numbers higher than than I think most of us anticipated. Really welcome news. That tells us it's gonna be a strong buying season. Right. And all the reports that, oh, real estate will be ho-hum, 
I got to tell you, I think it's going to, there's going to be a lot of, uh, um, well, we were wrong there. I think it's going to be a strong spring and summer buying season, especially if rates do get into the fives. And if they go into the low fives, then refinancers are going to blow up too. Right. And it, uh, um, which again, this will all be good news for the, the, uh, uh, the real estate economy. Yeah. And you, do you think, uh, I saw an article, Flagstar Bank laid off quite a few employees this week wells fargo another hundred or so loan officers do you think they're premature in that uh great question so what wells fargo did is they shut down their correspondent unit where it used to be someone like myself i could do a loan through wells fargo and get someone a wells fargo mortgage we can't do that anymore so now if you want a wells fargo loan you You have have to go to to wells fargo Fargo. same thing the bank of america did years ago and if you want a b of a loan you have to go to b of a for for uh uh, no one they're not allowing anyone any outsiders per se to to uh, originate a loan and sell it to uh wells fargo so that is what wells fargo's done and then they've they've shrunk their unit um i think accordingly just because volume was down everyone had to shrink uh, it's always hard when, when applications, when you look at November, December, and January, it was a slow time in the mortgage industry, number of applications. Yep. And if you're a business, you have to look at, you know, most people look in 90 day windows, quarters, and they think, you know, hey, we're, this is really kind of losing money. We got to do something right. here. We're bleeding. Yeah. And they start laying people off. Um, now, is it premature? I think it, it, it could be. In 60 days from now, that may be a tough thing because now they're going to be hiring, trying to hire people. And, and train them. And they had trained people. It would have been better to just bite the bullet for wait till spring and find out if it's going to be necessary. And, and see if it's going to change. That's, a, that's exactly right. But with Flagstar, so they got bought out by a big bank. They, they uh, are shutting down their retail division. So in some, we don't have it in Tucson, but in some markets you have, you know, Flagstar where you can walk into a retail division and, and do a mortgage there. They won't have that anymore. So they, they will have their correspondent division, but they got bought out by someone bigger. I know it's like 80 billion or something. It's a, it's a big servicing organization. Hmm. So I think Flagstar is going to be fine. It's just they're changing with, uh, with the times. Interesting. Well, actually, two of the loans I got with you are Flagstar, you know, is the ultimate lender that bought them. We have great luck with them. I mean, I, I, I like their online portal. Everything is, you know, just very easy to deal with. Sure. And that will still happen. So if you're, you know, you're going through, you know, myself or another, you know, uh, any one of whether it be Nova or VIP or any one of those, they have uh, Flagstar still an option. They will continue to be an option. They just got out of the retail space where you can't walk into a Flagstar you know, branch and do a mortgage there. They should, they're shutting those down nationwide. So Jerry, if someone's considering buying something in the spring or whatever, what's the best way to reach you to get set up where they're ready to go? Because as I said, we are a hundred fewer houses than we had on the week before Thanksgiving under 300. We have 305 versus 405. So we're still, believe it or not, seeing some bidding wars. I mean, Uh, where where people are selling their homes for more than asking price. So uh, it really makes a difference to have somebody that is reputable, that can close fast, and can actually offer... Tell them the, gar- the guarantee closed. I thought I, I had that in my back pocket, like I wasn't going to have to pull that out this year. But that <laughs> card may get, is going to be used quite frequently. And explain I think, to people what that is and why it benefits them if there's multiple offers on a property. And you know, when you have a city of a million seventy thousand and you only have three hundred and five homes under three hundred thousand yeah. dollars, there's demand. There's way more demand than there is supply. So. Mm. 
if anything you can do to make the seller, your deal is a better deal for the seller, that's going to get you the house. So tell them about the guarantee. Yeah, our guarantee is that I will pay a seller $300 a day for every day we're late up to $3,000. So if, if we do not hit a closing date uh, due to something because we're delayed, I will pay that seller $300 a day, not out of the buyer's pocket, but out of my personal pocket. And the reason why we do that guarantee, and, and a lot of other lenders won't do that, is we set up a model where we have underwriters, true underwriters, that actually scrub the file up front. So when a file comes in, before, a, before they even made an offer, someone, an application is taken and helps hey, me all the your finances. You get the address to, you know, to do the loan letter and you know the address. And, and yeah. sometimes you can get an appraisal waiver before we even submit the offer. For sure. But even before that borrower has uh, uh, even submitted an offer to buy a house, I already have that file underwritten. So it is only subject to appraisal and pre prelim. So when I send out a loan approval letter, I, I get it. People say, well, I need a pre-approval letter. I said, well, we, we don't do those. We do loan approval letters, yeah. which means that it We're is subject to- We're going to be a loan to, on that house. <laughs> it is subject to appraisal and prelim. And that is a wow for a seller because it's like a gold star of, this person's already been vetted out. It's done other than the appraisal and prelim. And that also is what allows us to close in 15 days sure. without breaking a sweat. So it's a, I, it's a formula we come up with. We think it's fantastic, and, and it's a, uh, it is very, it's a successful formula, especially when things get very busy, as they will here in the next few months. Okay, so Jerry, that is your, for the seller, what about your buyer? What are you telling a buyer? If they get a rate now and it's six and rates fall to five and a half, what can, what can they do? Yeah, so what we're, we're do, for anyone who did a mortgage with us the second half of last year or the first half of this year, because we are predicting rates to fall pretty dramatically, is we will do a refinance for them and pay the lender fees and the title fees. Uh, so is, no out-of-pocket money for the borrower to, to refinance into a lower rate? It just, it, it, yes and no. When I say no, it's that it, if an appraisal is possibly needed, then they, it, that may be we may need to pay for they may need to pay for the appraisal but that's pretty minimal or if they have an escrow account for taxes and insurance they would have to do that sure uh, pay for that but then they would They'll be get reimbursed. a refund from the other one no but we're paying the what people normally think is hard costs sunk costs which are lender fees title fees all right we will be right back after the break this is tucson home solutions on knst he doesn't want to list your home he wants to sell it this is Home Solutions with the Win3 Team, powered by eXp Realty. Here's the Win3 Team Leader, Bob Zagmeyer. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Bob Zachmeyer of eXp Realty. I'm with Jerry Sunt of Cross Country Mortgage. And Jerry, if someone wanted to get a hold of you to get that prequal to be ready to buy this spring, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, sure. My phone number is 520 three seven zero nine five seven six and if you are looking for a property to buy or sell i'm bob zachmeyer of exp realty been doing this a very long time have more than four thousand five hundred closed transactions between my wife and i her real estate license is one number off of mine we <laughs> back to back in the state and in the mls and when you call us you get us i mean it's, you're not going to get some minion of somebody else i mean most people are shocked when i show up at the end wow I, I, I listen to you every week and i can't believe you're here and um and you even took your shoes off i've had people say that but um I, jerry I, I tell you it's just interesting the way um everybody's situation is different and, mm -hmm. and when you walk in uh, and this is something that i had a couple this week that they were destroyed during the recession they both lost their jobs 
right in the middle of 2008. Mm-hmm. The housing market was in the tank. They ended up losing their home. They you know, started over and the gentleman was in his 60s and his wife in her late 50s and they had to start over. So obviously they don't have a paid off home, but with the last few years of, of prices escalating, they actually have quite a bit of equity. Mm-hmm. Plus they've been in their home for 12 years. So um, it, it's just kind of interesting and, and they're wanting to go and, and, and get closer to their grandchildren and buy a home in a market that's more expensive. And I said, you know, have you thought about a reverse mortgage? Because if you bought a home, let's just say for $300,000, and you have equity, you could put down 150000 you wouldn't have a loan. So that would save you $900 a month that you're actually paying right now. And then we started talking about, well, we, we've been listening to your show. What's all this mailbox money you're talking about? So we talked about you can own a mortgage on somebody else's home, and you just get a, a check in the mail every month. <clears throat> and so they said, well, what if we only had $60,000? Well, I could put that to work for you. I would partner with me or somebody else, and we'll share in a mortgage. And so the and these are for people that are hardworking self-employed business owners that can't get a bank loan that's the majority of the people that we fund so those two things getting a reverse mortgage that saves making the monthly payment you still have the op- the opportunity to make the interest payment if you want to mm-hmm. but you don't have to the bank will not get your house i can show you on paper you would have to live to be 100 120 or the market would have to fall like like crazy either way you came out winning because the bank gave you more money than they should have and and you die and and your heirs owe nothing and and you got more way more money than you should have but by by doing that instead of having this debt equity in your house mm-hmm. where it does nothing for you your house is worth what it's worth nobody comes to a home and says how much do the sellers owe on this one jerry right yeah. <laughs> well and you know houses we forget houses are commodities uh-huh. just like apple stock do you look at <clears throat> you know apple stock and say oh i bought it for x and now it's worth y it's you never think about reflect on what you bought it for you're sure. looking about what the sale is it's the same same concept so if the home goes up three percent in value you made three percent if you own it outright but if you're leveraged five to one you put down 20 percent and the house Bingo. goes up three percent in value you made 15 percent return on your money and yes the interest rate six but guess what if you can make 15 it's a way better deal to have a loan so um for them, this these two things, getting a like around seventy thousand dollars is like sixty seven thousand ish, um, and putting that to work at a six percent interest rate, that would pay you almost four hundred dollars a month cash for thirty years. So if you're in your seventies, chances are that's enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then saving nine hundred dollars on a monthly mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. So between the nine hundred dollars savings and the four hundred dollar uh, income, 13, it's actually 1300 after-tax dollars in your pocket a month. So what can you, man, is that life-changing for, for most for, people? For many people, absolutely it is. So so this is, you know, the thing that I specialize in. And then I, I went to another home this week, and the gentleman, you know, had a uh, medical issues and ran up a bunch of credit card debt and has no way to ever repay the debt. And he's like, I need to sell my house. And well, where are you going to live? Your payment's only a thousand dollars. Have you looked at rentals? Why well, don't need a place this big? I said, do you understand? You know, like two bedroom houses are renting for fifteen hundred. So your payment is one thousand. I mean, you're going to have five hundred dollars more 
to get a rental <laughs> that is half the, the what you have right here. So, you know, but he had an extremely good mortgage. He had a 2.65 mortgage. A 2.625, loan. yeah. 2.625 mortgage. Um, so, so we found a solution for him as well. It's like, how about this? I actually brought in, a, I like working with people who aren't in it for the home run, right? I, I, I've been saying this a long, long time. You, the successful people don't make all their profit off one person's back. You know, right. in order for me to win, you have to lose. That's, that's, you're going to be short-lived in this business if that's your mentality. So let's make a win-win-win. You know where a lot of my clients come from, Jerry? From other people that I didn't cheat. <laughs> so it's called current client referrals. It's the best type of referral in the, exactly. in the world of, of in a in a business that in the world of sales, and we are a uh, uh, buy referral business. Right. You know your current clients are that's the the warmest endorsement you could ever right. have. There was a book written many years ago, Raving Fans. Yeah, and, one yeah, of my favorites. A, yep, me too. So um, anyway, if you. So I actually brought in an investor I know to be very honest and, and always wanting to do what's right. He looks at this guy's home. The gentleman is a, a chain smoker. I mean, the house just smells like nicotine. It, it wouldn't show well in MLS pictures. It's overcrowded with stuff. Um, but the bottom line is, where is this gentleman going to go? That, mm -hmm. you know, so every, a lot of people you call say, oh, how much can I make in commission selling this house? It's like, no, I don't want to make the commission if you're going to be put out and you don't you know, you might get enough money to pay your credit card bills for right now, but if you're paying $500 more a month in rent, it's you're going to come back and have you're the same lose. problem. It's going to be worse, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we actually brought in this guy. He's going to write an offer and pay more than I could sell it for on the MLS. And the seller is going to net far more than he expected. Pay off all of his other bills. Pay off his other bills, remain in the house, and rent it for exactly the amount of the house payment, keeping the original loan on the property. If, if you can go down and negotiate a lower income tax or a property tax rate, great, your payment goes down. If you can find cheaper insurance, great, your payment goes down. Mm -hmm. So how many investors are willing to put up 40 plus thousand dollars out of pocket and make zero for as long as this gentleman lives? Well, these are base hits that will win the game. Well, all sure. I mean, every time month there's four hundred dollars being paid off in principal. So, is he doing it for free? No, he's getting. But it's a long game, right? The mm -hmm. long game, getting the principal over time, and and uh, it, it solves so many problems. But this is the out of the box kind out of, of the, solution stuff that, that that you do so well. I mean, that that is a testament to you, Bob, because that's amazing. Because I really think that is a definition of win, win, win. The investor wins. The clients wins. I mean, the, uh, the you know the borrower, uh, um, uh, the person who currently lives in the house wins big time. Right, like and, saving five hundred of what he would pay to rent the same exact house. Yeah, and and he's now debt free. Right, and the investor wins because you go to a bank, you're going to be six and three quarters, seven percent for a mm -hmm. rental house, and now all of a sudden you got a two point six two five loan that you can pass on the savings to the consumer. Yeah, love it. So um, anyway, that, that's kind of cool stuff. So we've got a um, article that came out in U.S. World and News Report this week, and it is the top overvalued housing markets in the United States. So uh, good news right out of the chute, Arizona is nowhere on the list, even, yeah. even Phoenix. That's, that's good. According to um, a report that came out last week, Phoenix is going to lose 25% of its market value, but I don't um, see that at all. 
But this there was a lot of rumblings about that article. Not to digress, but that it was a Goldman Sachs article that came yep. out that, that ticked on a, uh, mentioned a few markets they thought were really going to be in trouble, and Phoenix being one of them. And I, uh, you know, on uh, if you on social media, there was a lot of people, you know, giving a rebuttal to that and mm-hmm. strong data as to why that that uh, that report won't happen. Yep, I agree, hundred percent, it won't happen. So uh, this is kind of a snapshot back in time in January, twenty twenty when there was news of novel coronavirus starting to circulate around the globe, but no talk of disruptions to daily life in the U.S., the housing market was continuing to strengthen slowly. The median home price was more affordable than renting thanks to very reasonable 30-year mortgage rates of 36 to 3.7%. Mm-hmm. Back then, the typical homeowner was paying 22% of monthly per capita income on mortgage payments, while the typical renter was paying 33%. Mm. So mortgages were 22, renters were 33. Flash forward to the end of 2022, it's a very different story for both group, uh, of both groups of households. While the share of monthly per capita income paid by tenants and uh, to landlords rose just a few percentage points to 36%, up from 33, the homeowners went from 22 to 37% of mm-hmm. their gross income on housing. So that was largely due to the interest rates going up over seven from three, three and a quarter at the first of the year. And if you if you look at the original, like you go back to old textbooks of how much did you spend on housing, it should be 29%. That was kind of, that's not the rule today, but that's kind of when people look at the old textbooks example. And now you've exceeded that by a pretty wide margin. Yep. And now you're getting, you're putting close to 40%, which is part of the reasons why Northern California had the problems that they did is that same run up in values when right. tech went crazy. So, you know, the way that you can look at affordability is, and this is what we keep mentioning week after week after week is affordability, affordability. That's what's missing in the market. If we can get those rates down like another half point, it'll, it'll be back, you know, mm-hmm. where most people can, can hit it and, and actually purchase a home again. But the most overvalued markets to purchase tend to be in California, big surprise, right? <laughs> uh, you know, if you're selling a $1.2 million home, your mortgage went up $3,000 a month. Mm. That's $100 every day for 30 years. That's the cost of a home in California. So uh, most are in California, but also includes Seattle, Washington, and Zoom towns. You've heard of boom towns. This is Zoom towns where people were just escaping California and landing in Boise, Idaho, which was the number one California destination in the country. That's a Zoom town. I love these little (laughs) acronyms that people come up with. (laughs) And Greeley, Colorado was another. So those are overvalued. And and also um, some uh, locations in Utah are overvalued. So you know what, Jerry, we are coming up on a break. We will finish this. Uh, when we come back, this is Tucson Home Solutions on KNST. This is Home Solutions with the Win3 team, powered by EXP Realty on KNST. Here's the Win3 team leader, Bob Zachmeyer. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Bob Zachmeyer of EXP Realty, and I'm joined by Jerry Sunt of Cross Country Mortgage. Before the break, we were talking about the overvalued markets and what is affordable. And most lenders kind of use the same rule of thumb that landlords do, that your rent should not be more than about 30% of your gross pay. Your mortgage should not be more than around 30% of your gross pay. And your total, what they call the back-end debt, ideally- Close to 50, it should be under 50. Yeah, under 50 max, but I mean, ideally they'd like to see it around like 42, 43. 45, yeah. 
And okay, forty five for us private lenders per Dodd Frank, we we were limited to forty three percent. Which is ironically when you do a jumbo mortgage and a loan amount larger than seven hundred and twenty six thousand, that's the number two is forty three. Okay. So a person living in San Francisco, the average person, San Francisco, Oakland, Hayward, California, spends sixty eight point seven percent of their gross pay on mortgage. You know, that's such a staggering number. It is. Because how, I mean, they, they don't have money enough to then go out and eat. I mean, that's just, uh, that there's nothing left. Right. And, you know, I am just shocked that Los Angeles is number two. 64.2% of the gross pay of the average person living in L.A. is going toward the mortgage. Now, and, and going back to San Francisco, and L.A. is a, a much broader mix, but I think Hayward, the average household income is like, you know, it's north of a, a hundred grand. And it is because, uh, you know, wages are more expensive there. For, so let's look at what their, their, the tax that comes out of that, the, just by having a hundred thousand salary, right. you know, you're right at about 28 to 30 percent. There's just no room left over for anything. Exactly. So San Diego's right up there, 63%, and Riverside, the Inland Empire, San Bernardino, Ontario, California, all you know, inland from LA, 61% of, of your gross pay needs to go toward the payment of your mortgage. Now, let's say you're a renter in those same places. Um, the overvalued rental markets, now the Riverside, San Bernardino market came in number one, 58% of your pay to rent a property there, mm-hmm. followed by San Diego at 48%, and Los Angeles at 44%, Oakland 42%, and then New York, New York, um, slash Jersey City, New Jersey, 42% of your pay for rent. So what's interesting is, if you live in San Francisco, it costs you 38% more to be a homeowner than it does to be a, a renter. Mm. 38% more. You'd be far better off to be a renter in San Francisco and invest your money in real estate in another market that has more affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so most people, when they retire, the average American in the United States has 62% of their net worth in home equity at the time they retire. So you can't afford not to own a home. And the reason for that isn't because they're such good savers. It's because the homes increased in value. So it might. And, yeah. and it came as a bill every month, and you accidentally ended up with this asset that's paid off. Um, you know, it was a necessary evil to pay rent or a home mortgage. And so find a market where the mortgages are better than rents and rent that, mar- that house out, and then the rents will pay off your mortgage, and you still end up having some real estate equity by the time you retire. That's a very telling thing. That is right there a secret to wealth. What you just defined yep. is where rent is higher than, than mortgage. And that's how you can, you know, if you're buying rental properties and you're looking at different markets around the U.S., that's, that's a secret sure. sauce right there. And that's why I invest in a lot of private money loans in Arkansas, in Texas, in Oklahoma, in um, North Carolina. I mean, places where you can buy a three-bedroom home for under $100,000 in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and that house will rent for 1100 If you went and bought that same house here, it'd be 300000 and might rent for 1700 So you're paying three times the amount and getting, you know, one and a half times the, the income. So it just doesn't make sense. And then uh, one other thing, Jerry, there's an article that came out this week. It's actually put out by Redfin, and this is a report that says home buyers on a $2,500 monthly budget 
can now afford a $400,000 home for the first time in four months as mortgage rates got down to just right at six or a hair below. That's that's it, since September. So we're back to a $400,000 home at least, and if it keeps going, you'll you'll get more uh, buying power out of that. The average rate for the first time, uh, it dipped so far just one day, but February 2nd down to 5.99. It's the first sub 6% average since mid-September. In other words, and this is what we said, the buyer can afford $35,000 more house than they could back in October, and but it's still 95,000 more than it was a year ago. So let's talk about some of the uh, statistics. It says some of these home buyers are returning to the market pending home sales, fell 23% from a year earlier. Mm-hmm. So they're saying nationally, pending home sales are 23% lower. We are 50% lower mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Tucson than we were a year ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, the um, home sellers that are starting to come off the sidelines, new listings of homes declined 17% year over year, a significant decline, but the smallest one in over four months. So the people are still staying put because they need a place to go and they can't afford to move because of the interest rate. So I think that's going to, even if we get to five and a half, there's going to be a lot of people staying in their home a very long time. I, I do, but I also think what, what is, there's so many first-time home buyers that uh, I think felt that, you know, last year when it was just so competitive and someone who was, was only putting, you know, 3% down, let's say, on a house, they were not able to purchase a home at that time rates went up affordability just went out or you know it became unobtainable for them so i'm in a rent yeah and now i think uh, there's a large segment of that you know that population that are like this is my time yep. 2023 is my year and uh with rates coming back down ooh, i can afford this i've still got my money i've saved because that's when i look at the percentage so when we look at the percentage of first-time home buyers in the the pyramid of buyers and how what percentage of closings are going to be in month that month sure. in and month out i honestly believe you're going to see first-time home buyers take a larger percentage of the pool than historically has been, happened for the reason you just mentioned the move up market isn't going to increase because they got a three percent rate and why move i'm, right. I'm you know right. i'm great but that first-time home buyer market is really this is their time they feel like this is their because uh, i hear this over and over again this is uh i've been waiting for this i've been saving for this and i've been waiting for uh affordability to come back and check i'm buying in 2023 right and jerry you know it's funny i went to an appointment this week and the gentleman said well i've got this shed that it has electricity in it and i just need to put in some plumbing and i can make an airbnb you know <laughs> out of this little storage shed it's a wood storage shed and a sizable one but he said i can make a hundred dollars a night doing this i said i pulled up the airbnb app on my phone and i said these are all the houses around you that are trying to get 25 dollars a night right now so the the idea that airbnbs just make a hundred a night that's gone i mean yeah. and if you have a big three-bedroom home with all kinds of amenities sure you'll get it but not for a storage shed (laughs) on the east side of town so you know but it's i think that's where a lot of inventory the the affordable low-priced inventory is going to come from Mm -hmm. is the the um, airbnb short-term rental hosts are are not making the income they used to make and i think a lot of those are going to come back on the market it's going to be a welcome relief for home buyers yep uh makes that makes perfect sense that's where the inventory will come from i that to me excites me again i am becoming every day more bullish on 2023 being yep. a great year for real estate the only you know fly in the ointment is inventory right we just need more homes 
So um, home buyer demand, this is measured by the number of home tours and, and phone calls and stuff. And Redfin actually did a, you know, they own a brokerage and they took their data and, and put it out. And they said, it's the highest level since last September. We got more calls between the week ending January 29th hmm. than any other week since September of last year. And normally January's dead. So like you said, the Super Bowl kickoff of the spring housing season is actually starting a little bit early this year. It, it did. It did. I just, we, get ready. It's going to be a, a great spring buying season. And Google searches for the terms homes for sale were up 44% from November in the month of January. Yeah, but we're not seeing that in Tucson. No, no, not yet. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's coming and, and it's rumbling. It's going to be here. So across the U.S., the median home price is now $346,000. That is 0.8% higher than it was last year. Mm. Finally, is 0.8. We're coming into spring. I, I, I don't think that's going to drop much more than that. Prices fell in 19 of the 50 most populated areas. San Francisco sales are down 7.8. The median is down 7.8%. In Phoenix, it's down 4.3. We are still higher in Tucson than we were a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, so we haven't you know, seen a drop in prices, but we've definitely seen a slowdown and you can't just list anything for sale and get it sold you know, with multiple offers and without making any repairs. The monthly mortgage payment of a median asking price home was $2,349 at 6.09% for the month of January. That's down 160 from October. And the uh, monthly mortgage payments are up 28% or $511 from a year ago. Hmm. And then the other thing, pending home sales down 22.6% across the United States. So there's less, 22% fewer homes under contract, which lower demand means not as crazy of appreciation. That's great. Active listings, uh, number of homes listed for sale were up 23% from a year earlier. We went through that earlier in the show. It was up 50% or 60% right. or more I mean, than that. Uh, a year ago, um, we were at, in Tucson, 1,199 total properties listed for sale, and we are at 2,703. So we're up about 150. Anyway, that is uh, kind of a wrap-up, but all good news. I mean, very, very bullish. This is uh, the most interesting thing. 21% of the homes that were sold in the month of January sold for higher than their asking price. Mm -hmm. Still. Now that's down from 40 last year. But if you price a home properly, you will get it sold. So this is for the people over 62 years old. If you are struggling to make ends meet and you own your home outright or still have a loan and you don't want to have a monthly payment, you need to call Tina Steele at VIP Mortgage. She can give you a reverse mortgage. A lot of people are in their 70s and they don't have enough money to pay for the gas to go see their grandchildren. Give her a call. Tina Steele, 861 2821 Mm -hmm. So, Jerry, one more time, what's your phone number? 520-370-9576. And I'm Bob Zachmeyer of EXP Realty. You can reach me at 520-314-SOLD or bobhasthehouses.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next week. Tucson Home Solutions on KNST. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.